Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treat is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you landed here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys in the show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because he's done on the war feet. Hey there, Marcus Dash here from Chief Concerns. Just want to comment and say Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, baseball, boxing, golf, and much more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns. I'm Marcus Dash here with the legendary Chiefs tight end, Jason Dunn. JD, how we doing, brother? What's going on, my brother? How you doing tonight? You doing well? I can't complain. Can't complain. Man, we got we got the good game coming up here this weekend. Um, yes, some interesting topics for this week's show. So yeah, lot, lots going on. Uh, before we do, I, I, I want to first out shout. Out, I want to say um, that uh, we did uh, leave a message on Twitter uh, for some fans. I know it's a live stream uh, here, but uh, we have a message on uh, Twitter right now. Um, any fan wants to ask a question live on air here with myself and JD. For a quick little chat, um, yeah, just DM us on Twitter and uh, we'll send you the link to get in. Uh, we're taking a few, we're taking a few questions tonight. So if you guys are interested in doing that, um, anybody in the live right now and wants to do that, just uh, DM us on Twitter. Um, haven't gotten any yet, JD, but I think we, we kind of did it late in the day, so maybe uh, maybe for next week we'll, we'll do that earlier on in the day so people can. Uh, we will if, if we have some people actually come out tonight. You know, yeah. DM us or you know come in the chat and they say, hey, you know what, we want to ask a question, want to come on. You know, we'll send you the link. You know, personally, and let's come on, have a quick five minute conversation, ask a question uh, yeah. tonight. That would be a, a beautiful thing. Be yes, a beautiful sir. Thing. Um, JD, so we have some interesting topics tonight. Before we get into those topics, um, there's something that I tweeted today because I was watching first take ESPN's uh, first take, and uh, Chris Mad Dog Rousseau, I saw you retweeted it or um, uh, the, my, my comment on our Chief Concerns account, but um. Chris Mad Dog Rousseau was talking about the top five sport rivalries. Um, and Chris Mad Dog Rousseau, yeah, he's kind of an, you know, he's a bombastic guy, uh, very enthusiastic, you know, um, he's a full on New Yorker. But um, he was talking about his top five rivalries because they were saying how Michigan and Ohio State was a top five rivalry. He's, he did not have it on his list. And he listed off these five other ones. Uh, but one specific one, obviously, we, we just had this past week, the Raiders and Chiefs. He had as his number three rivalry all time. So he had number five, Texas and Oklahoma. Number four, Duke, UNC. Number three, Raiders and Chiefs. Number two, Lakers, Celtics. Number one, Yankees, Red Sox. Um, Stephen A. Smith, everybody on the air made fun of him having Raiders and Chiefs. They said that you lost me with that one. And then Awful Announcing uh, tweeted saying Raiders and Chiefs, bunch of question marks, bunch of question marks. Um, I mean, he's a historical, I mean, he's, he's a sports like purist. So he was talking about going back to the 60s and the 70s when he was talking about the Raiders and Chiefs. Uh, but like, 
I mean, you played in the rivalry, and I, I, I'm hearing Chiefs players talk about it, hearing Raiders players talk about it, fan bases from old school fan bases up until now. It's, I mean, it's a rivalry that everyone knows. I mean, like the, the fact that they're saying it's not a top five rivalry, obviously, everyone has their own opinion on it, but everyone was killing Mad Dog. I felt bad for the guy. I mean, this is a legit, legitimate rivalry. Yeah. You know, the thing is, and I think a lot of people don't really know the history. That That's the problem, right? And so, for somebody, Mad Dog, who does know the history of, of the sports, they understand the rival, uh, where it started, and how, you know, how it began, uh, gives a lot more context. And so, when people are saying that, they only, you know, from their own perspective on how they're seeing it. But uh, the Chiefs and the Raiders, man, been going at it for a long time. You know, shoot Al Davis and, you know, and we're talking about uh, Hunt Lamar and those guys. Uh, this has been something that has been kind of a bitter feud. And people don't understand, like, Al Davis, uh, what he, you know, how he felt about the other owners and how, he, you know, and just the, the challenge of it. Uh, but, yeah, man, it, it's, it's, it's a long rivalry. He, he has a very good point, a very good point. Uh, but like I said, man, it's all perspective where people just don't understand. They just don't know that. And so uh, when, when they, they make those assertions or the comments, that's the reason. That's what it's all about, man. So, so yeah. Yeah, we, we had a lot of uh, fans weigh in on that on Twitter, uh, all saying, yes, that should be a top, it's a top five rivalry all time. Um, your list, because I know you're, you're a big sports fan too. So I, yeah. I'm curious what your top five rivalries would be and where, where you would put Chiefs and Raiders actually. Oh, this, this is all sports too, so it's not just football. It's all sports. That, you know what? And that's that's very tough because you had to look at you know some of the things. Yankees and and and, and the Red Sox, or or you know talking about Boston. Uh, you you got to think about you know the Lakers and back in the day, you know uh, Boston as well. And so we we start you know over time. I mean, there is just so many sports teams, but definitely, I mean, Chiefs and Raiders had to be up there. For, at least for me, uh, just because I understand the context of it, right? Uh, so that those are just, like I said, it's all perspective. It really is. It's all based off what people think is important, what is not important. Um, let me see, what's another one? Oh, you know, Ohio State and Michigan, right? And you'll say those things. Uh, so th- there's there's a lot. There's a lot that's there. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, man, like I said, it, it depends on what region of the country you're in. What are you a fan of? What will it be like? I, I wouldn't know what's the biggest rival in hockey, even though I, you know, I used to, you know, I, I just I don't know, so I'm not not real real versed on those things. You know, I have no idea. You're like, oh my gosh, you don't know who would be the biggest <laughs> rival in that, right? I know some of the some some of the good hockey players, but as far as the biggest rival, doesn't quite know. Okay, uh, like regionally, like for Kentucky, for example, would Tennessee be the number one rival? Would that be Kentucky to Tennessee be the number one? Yeah. Tennessee for sure, and we're talking. That's pretty much everything: basketball, football, uh, Louisville. No, U of L, no doubt. So we talking about in-state rivalry, B UK and uh, University of Louisville, and so that's basketball. So that goes way back. And then that, when I'm telling, divides the states, splits it apart. You are either UK fan or Louisville. Uh, same thing. College basketball would be Duke and UNC, right? Yep. So you just have those, and and and. People will even talk about Missouri and Kansas. Okay. So yeah. there's, you know, this is just a lot of rivalries out there. It's just a lot of them. So Kansas, Kansas State, Michigan State, Michigan. I mean, there, there are a lot out there. And yes, it is regional. It's regional. It's regional more than anything else. So 
But that's that, that's the thing that kind of goes with the Chiefs one as well, but not regional because you got Midwest and you also have West Coast, and so it's like you're kind of you're going to uh, two different regions of the, of the um, United States there. That's why I mean, if you just look, obviously, if you know the history of it, and obviously if you should know the the, the the two teams well enough, and obviously we're, we're a Chiefs show. I mean, and you played in it, so you know you know it better than than I do. Right. Um, but like, look, just looking at it on, on a map, that's two different regions of the, of, of the country, whereas most of these are like. USC, UCLA, that's the Southern Cal, you know, you know, like all these things are regional. And and, and that's one that's not of, of all the ones on that list. Well, I think part of the, the part of the problem is also, too, where the Chiefs have been so dominant uh, against, you know, the Raiders. Yeah. People don't really look at it as as being a rival. Yep. They, they just don't. So it's the same thing we were talking about uh, just the success of this past week. But everybody's like, well, you play the Raiders, right? Oh, you, you play the Raiders. It was like, well, look, the Raiders are always going to be a, a tough, tough deal for us. Yeah. Always. Who was it? There was a DB said we we felt like we were a better team, and we let you know we kind of let them off the hook. I, I forgot who it was. He he was on Twitter, you know, spouting that too. And I'm just like, look, I get that y'all have a little bit of juice because Antonio Pierce took over as a coach, and y'all do have some players. Y'all do have some ballers. You know, I'm not going to say because the Raiders do have some team. Might be a different story as far as like a better competition if it was Garoppolo out there as opposed to O'Connell. Yeah. So they can say those things, but, you know, we, we understand, like, especially in the division, it's going to be a very, very tough rival. Very, very tough rival. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting one when I, when I saw that. Because, like, usually people – that's the thing, too. Re- recently, Raiders have been kind of irrelevant the last, like, two decades and stuff. So it's like – but before the last two decades, I mean, the Raiders were kind of, like, owning that – like, owning the division from that, like, the old, like 2000, like, 2000, like – the three, they were kind of like the the team to beat of, of the AFC West, like a 2000, 2003 when Gannon was there. And then, obviously, af- after that, after Gruden left and went to Tampa, and that's when the Raiders started to fall off there. And then and the post-Gannon days, they haven't really recovered from. That's something that, you know, they're still trying to recover from. <laughs> yeah. So when, I, when I'm talking about coaches, and, and that's kind of the thing, because there was a lot of coaches that left from, from Kansas City and went out to Oakland or from, you know, the Raiders came to Kansas City. So yep. it was always that. That's what I heard during my time playing. That's exactly what I was hearing. I was hearing it from Mike White. I was hearing it from uh, 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 Al Saunders. Yep. You know, I was hearing it from I'm trying to think who else was was kind of making that statement. And you know, of course, they were saying, "Man, look, these guys, it's, it's, it's not fair the way they do things out there, Raiders. Man, it's a horrible way that they do it." And so they were really jaded by that. They were really jaded by that whole experience being out there with the Raiders. Yeah. So. I, Look, I get it. I do. I get it. So there, there was a funny um, when Antonio Pierce got the job there, which, which is kind of cool. Like, you know, eh, obviously it's rivalries and stuff. And you see like people online were like, it's not a rivalry anymore. The, the guys, and this is one thing like, and you can speak to this from a player's point of view. The rivalry is the team, right? The players have don't hate each other. And that's the one thing like, it's almost like, oh, it's not rivalries aren't the same anymore. Because the players, like, they take pictures afterwards, and they shake hands and stuff afterwards. Back in the day, they didn't do, didn't do that stuff. Like, like I mean, like, you tell me back in the day, Len Dawson wasn't friends with some of the guys in the Raiders, like Daryl LaMonica and 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 Len Dawson weren't like weren't, weren't fine with each other. I mean, I'm sure they were. So like, people yeah. say, oh, they hated each other back then. Now they take pictures of each other. It's like, no, it's I mean, it's still the rivalry between the two teams, not not players hating each other. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. some, there's some over the, over the time have, but like, come on. Yeah, it, but we we understand it's not quite the same. The way guys travel now, it it, it a little it is a little bit different, you know. Uh, because these guys, they hang out with each other during off season, and so where 
you know, back in the day, you didn't really get to see guys. And then maybe if you see somebody on, uh, you know, social media now, right, you kind of get more versed with them. You, you know, they go on each other's shows. So it's yeah. the, the the whole Internet has opened up a whole different window for guys. Same like the NBA, the NBA guys. All these guys came up together. They all played uh, AAU uh, together, travel together. So that's exactly what you got. You got a lot of those different things because those guys just knew each other. So it wasn't really, you know, that big of a rival. Now, look, here's the thing. If, you, if you're a guy that loves to compete, you're going to challenge a guy. It don't matter if he's your friend or not. So uh, it's almost the same, like, what Kobe said, like, look, I don't I don't care. Like, you know, if that's my friend, I'm going to knock him on his tail. That's yeah. exactly what I'm going to do. So and there's certain guys, like, in the NBA still, I don't know about the NFL so much, but the NBA, like Russell Westbrook, for example. Russell Westbrook, if on, on, on this court that night, he doesn't talk to the other team. They will talk to no players. After the game's over, he's fine. He'll talk to you. But, at, but during the game, doesn't talk to anybody from the other team. Because during that 48-minute period, that's not my friend. For that 48 minutes, that's not my friend. After the game, yeah, sure. Before the game, yeah. But 48 minutes, I'm locked in. And if other players start talking to other guys on their team, he'll say, like, cut it out. Like, no, like, stop. <laughs> yeah. That's a gamer, man. I love that. Hey, that's, that's, that's how it works, though. But you, the, the, here's the thing, though. But you like that type of competition, right? When you're on the field, you're not friends. It's just you're not, okay? You're trying to win the game. Your friend's trying to win the game. Right there at that moment, you're enemies, okay? As soon as the ball tipped off, as soon as the ball snapped and hyped, hey, man, we got to go at each other. That's yeah. that's just that's the bottom line. That's the rule. That is the rule of the game. That's how it works, man. So, uh, yeah. But I love it. I love it, you know? Yeah. That's why that, that period before the game starts, you guys, like, stretching and stuff, like, dabbing each other up. Like, that's probably the last, like, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you after the game, like, during the game, like, you know, I'm going to be locked in. Well, you, I mean, you talk with smack all the way through. It's just the same thing like Tyreek was doing, you know, with the Chiefs all, all season, all during before the week of. Then he get out there for the warm-up. You know, it's all handshakes. Hey, how you doing? You know, he goes to Big Red, you know, you know, punches him in the in the stomach a little bit. They hug each other. Hey, man, have a good game. Be safe. And so if it is your friend, if it's people that you do know, you don't want anything to happen to them. You don't want to get hurt. But you do want to go against them, okay? You want to better, you know, that man. That's what you want to be able to do. So uh, it's fierce competition out there. It's fierce competition. And 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 rightly so. It should be. It should be. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. it's just an interesting conversation, the, the whole, like, whole rivalry thing. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's cool because we, we, we are part of some of the greatest rivalries. And, like, and that's the thing, like, you – and that's the thing, too. Chiefs, Raiders, but you also play with the Eagles – and you also can say the Cowboys are a huge rival, the, uh, the Redskins at the time, but Commanders, um, Giants. So, like, you, you've you been a part – you've been lucky because I would say AFC West and AFC East probably the best. Yes, like the more modern-day times, you have the Ravens, Steelers, and that, and that and the whole AFC North stuff. But I would say the best two divisions of rivals is definitely NFC East and AFC West, and you were lucky you got to play in, in two of some of the, uh, the most old-school, like, rivalries in the NFL. I did, yeah. That, that Philly – Philly was tough with, with Dallas. You know, and so that was that was real big. It was real big. Uh, I remember the time when uh, Michael Irvin had gotten hurt up there in Philadelphia, and they was cheering because he got hurt. Uh, <laughs> it was rough in Philly, man. I'm trying to tell you, it was rough in Philly. Uh, and so, you know, I was telling you, like, that experience in itself, and I was telling you, like, it kind of reminded me of, of some of the things that we see now and in some of the fans in Kansas City, which just kind of throws them off a little bit. Uh, because, you know, some rough customers up here in Philly, man. They do not... You know, if you're not doing well, the team, they'll let you know. I guarantee Jalen Hurts and them are still getting some hate, still getting it because they're not doing enough, right? They're not scoring enough points. Or why we got to wait till getting it down to the wire to win games or come back at the end. We should be dominating. 
And so uh, that's some of the bitterness that you're going to get. But, hey, man, I, I, like you said, I, I've been part of some some really heavy rivalries uh, in the NFL. Uh, so, but it was, the, you know what? i tell you what, I, I was better for it. I always like going out there to Oakland. I always like being out there, uh, you know, on the field. Because at the end of the day, when it was all over, all the fans that was ragging on you, spitting at you, you know, calling y'all different names. At the end of the day, when I was saying goodbye to them, they, you know, waving like, "All right, we'll see you next time. We'll get you next time." And so, you know, you had some 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 of that friendly parts of, of the fan, you know, and that's a good part of what what sports really brings to to people. You know, is people keeping people together. And, and you and, and also too like the fact that like you were part of some of the best rivalries of all time in all sports. It's pretty it's pretty amazing stories to tell. I mean, you can you because you, you are kind of unique in the sense that you can talk about the Cowboys Eagles rivalry, the Raiders Chiefs rivalries, and that's like not everybody can say they were part of some of the best rivalries in all sports, which is really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and also talking about how like the similarities between a lot of what the, the fan base is talking about, like it kind of, kind of like the, the Philly, not negative vibes, but being, being overly harsh with the squad. There was a period with the Chiefs, and I'm some of the guys in the chat or some people in the chat can uh, attest to this, like that the end of the Matt Castle, Scott Pioli era, when Matt Castle got a concussion, mm-hmm. the, uh, there was a large part of people in Arrowhead clapping and applauding him getting a concussion. And after the game, Eric Winston, the tackle, went off on the fans about how like they shouldn't be clapping for one of the players like, getting hurt in, in the game and stuff. They want to, they want to castle bench for Brady Quinn. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's bananas. I remember. Yeah. I remember that very well. Um, some dark days there. Um, okay. So we have a couple of uh, cool uh, topics or interesting topics, you know, uh, this week. Uh, one, I really want to get you uh, to, this one's an interesting one, but the, the next one's a, a big, a big one because that talks about your boys in the, the tight end room. But um, mm-hmm. so uh, this first topic is about our guy Justin Ross. We haven't talked about in a long time, um, but this week uh, the Johnson County District Attorney's Office has confirmed that Chiefs receiver Justin Ross is no longer facing criminal charges after an application for diversion in his case was granted. Uh, the 23-year-old was facing two charges, one for felony criminal damage and another for misdemeanor domestic battery. Um, so a diversion, so I, I looked up what the a diversion means, but a, a diversion interrupts a case following a deal between the defendant and the prosecutor where the prosecutor either dismisses the charges entirely or does not bring any charges at all. So Ross is currently on the NFL commissioner exempt list, meaning he's not allowed to practice with the Chiefs or attend any games. Um, it's still unclear if Ross uh, uh, will join the team or when he will be removed, so no one knows when that's going to happen. Um, so his future with the team looks kind of murky. Um, and obviously since these new reports came out about Ross, there's been kind of a lot of talk online about, is he done in Kansas city? Will we ever see him again in, in a uniform? JD, obviously we're not, neither, neither one of us are lawyers here. And obviously we're going to, we let everything play out. And that's why we, we didn't have it. All, we didn't talk about this topic on the show because we want to let everything kind of play out in the legal system, and the justice system. Um, and now obviously charges are being dropped from him. So now we can kind of talk about where Ross will fit in on this team. But where do you think his future kind of stands um, in Kansas City? And I know Andy Reid hasn't said much on the whole situation. But what do you think is going to happen with this kind of situation with Justin Ross? Uh, you know what, man? I'm, I'm going to try to be as delicate as possible with this situation, okay? Uh, for the reason that, you know, two lives have, have, have been affected by this. Uh, Justin Ross and, and, and his girlfriend, his lady friend. Um, and so, um, you know, it's unfortunate that this incident happened, 
uh, with him. This will be a learning experience uh, for Justin. And I hope he does the diversion program. I hope he gets his head on right. I hope he gets some help. Talk to some people that, that will put in um, context everything that, that he's he's actually in and privileged as far as playing in the NFL. A lot of guys don't get that opportunity to play in the NFL. They, they just don't. And so you hate to see a guy who may squander an opportunity to play uh, or do one of the things that he always wanted to do maybe as a kid. It might be one of his dreams uh, for a mistake. The mistake is a huge mistake, okay? And, and it doesn't absolve him from, from the things that he's done. Uh, but hopefully they, they could get some intervention to kind of help him out. I don't know where the future holds as far as with Justin Ross. I have no idea. My thing is, uh, first thing first, uh, you got to get all this thing situated. And the thing is, he's got to get himself situated uh, to be on his P's and Q's to make sure that he doesn't make his mistake again. And just to understand exactly how much of a privilege it is to play in the NFL. Uh, and I think, it, you know, these things have to be talked about. They have to be talked about with him, uh, with with every team out there. Um I don't think the NFL has, uh, you know, any type of, uh, uh, what do you say, just, you know, we all in every single business, whatever it is, things like this happen, right? Uh, the NFL is no different uh, from any other business, school, attorneys, lawyers, that, that these things happen in, in life. Uh, but like I said, I think first things first. He's got to you know, worry about the legal things of it. I don't care if it's a misdemeanor or not. Uh, he shouldn't do it. And that's not saying that the guy shouldn't get a second chance. Uh, you know, he's, he made a mistake. I don't think it needs to be, be defined by that mistake. Uh, and I think if he comes in apologetic, I think if he learns from it, like I said before, uh, then you kind of move on from it. Uh, but as far as like, as, as, as far as with me, uh, I just don't know. I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do with this. Uh, but I know it, it just doesn't bode well for him being caught up in a situation like that. Yeah, no, it's um, well, well said, JD. Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid itself, you know, he's been one of those guys who has been kind of not lenient with, with players, but like giving guys second chances. He's always been big on that. He was the one, you know, obviously the Michael Vick situation. He was the first one uh, to to bring Vick in, um, you know, uh, when he when he when he was trying to make his comeback into the league and stuff. And the whole Kareem Hunt thing, they had Kareem Hunt's back. Um, up until they found out that the video did not match what he said. And then once, once they were lied to, they felt, you know, kind of you know blindsided by that. And then they ended up releasing him Tyree kill. They had, they, you know, they took his word at the whole, the whole thing that he had uh, on um, Kansas City star kind of ju jumped the gun. A lot of local news stations jumped the gun on that whole, whole situation. Yeah. The chiefs had his back. And then what happened? I mean, he was, he was proven, you know, innocent on that whole, um, thing that, that went on. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it, it'll be interesting. I'm curious as far as when someone gets placed on the exempt list, because once he gets taken off that are, can a, can a team release a player when he's on the exempt list? They, they, they put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Um, the, that was an NFL thing. So like, can you release a player when they're on the exempt list? I, you know what, man, I have no idea. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know that that much into it is being on the exempt list. I, no idea honest with yeah. you all i know and, and and like i said and, and i stand behind it 100 is you know we we, we guess just make make sure we get him some type of help okay yep. so uh we like i said we don't want his life to be ruined by it uh and also too for the young lady 
to make sure that she's okay and everything's so it's fine with her. Um, and so, like I said, you, you got to be very delicate with these type of situations. But like I said, it doesn't dissolve him from anything. I think with somebody who makes a mistake like that, you do need to go ahead and say, reach out to him and say, hey, listen, you know what? We understand you made a mistake, right? But there are some things, like you said, some therapy or things that he needs to do uh, to get him back together. To me, getting on the field is secondary. It is. So the, the, main, thing, the main thing is just getting his life back together, right? Just understanding, like, look, man, we got to make sure we put these things behind you. Um, and so Andy Reid, let me put it this way. Andy uh, and the Chiefs organization uh, do a very good job of having people to talk to. Okay. We have, you know, therapy and counselors just through the NFL in itself. All right. Uh, we have a very extensive network to help out. And so, yeah, it may go to Roger Goodell, but from just the player's perspective, from the NFLPA, our union, we have guys that reach out. We have a lot of veterans that may have went through similar situations, okay, made similar mistakes. And, you know, in a, in a course, in, 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 in some anger, you know, he did something that's wrong and he needs to atone for that. No doubt about it. So, but like I said, if, if he's if he's apologetic, he gets through the therapy and he understands and, and, and we see like, OK, we understand he made a mistake, whatever it was. Uh, then that's a whole secondary thing, a conversation to do as far as getting into the NFL and playing. Yeah, agree. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I wish him, I wish him the best. But yeah, wishing wish him the best, man. Praying for him. Praying that everything goes well with him. Right. Because that's what it is that that to me, that's important. I don't think anybody's life needs to be ruined, you know, for a mistake that they made especially something like that. I, and I don't know as far as if it was a physical thing, how I, how bad it was, right? And if you just look at it, uh, you know, but nobody needs to put their hands on, on, on nobody for no reason, you know? So yeah, that's bad with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess, so you know, we'll see how that, how everything plays out with that. Because this is something that I think we, we, we've had a comment before. Someone asked in one of the videos we had why we haven't talked about it. We want to let the legal system and, and the kind of the criminal justice system kind of play out. And then we were going to talk about it. Um, and so and here we are now. Um, so, you know, this is uh, the chief concerns talking about the uh, Justin Ross situation. Um, but yeah. But I, but look, and, and I think everybody, you know, all of us, everybody wants to be treated with some level of grace. OK, and I think it's important that we all be given a level of grace here. Right. Uh, and so, you know, that, that's the thing that we got to be able to give to him. Right. Like you said, the legal system, let it let it play out the way it's supposed to play out. OK, we're not lawyers, not any of those things. When we make decisions, we talk about some, you know, uh, guys on the team and whatnot. Our lives are more important than just the game. It's bigger than that. So uh, we wanted to get right on track with his life more so than anything else. Right. Yeah. And after all, like, you know, this is something that I, I, I read, like it's a right now that like with, you know, with this whole diversion program he's on, um, you know, it, it's a second chance for him to come back, especially someone who had such a, a great like comeback story with his whole spinal uh, fusion that he had going on. So like, it's a, you know, it, you know, so yeah, hopefully uh, everything uh, kind of uh, pans out for him and his significant other with uh, their whole situation. Um, so our next topic here, we're going to go to something that I, I I know everyone in the comments is going to love this because everyone loves when you have you when you spout off JD when you when you go off on stuff. So I have a feeling we might we might feel we might see a little bit of that tonight. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk about um, so so Travis Kelsey. The big question is he losing a step, um, and this is something that's been talked about a lot. 
Um, and then we have this uh, podcaster, former NFL scout, John Middlecoff. Uh, he's also the host of Three and Out Podcast. I uh, had some interesting stuff to say about Travis Kelsey, and he kind of uh, took it all in uh, and kind of compiled what everyone's been talking, what a lot of people have been saying. But, you know, he actually went off on the Colin Coward's podcast and said it. Um, but here's his full quote. Um, he's kind of looked old this year. And part of it, he had a knee injury right before the season started. He's had ankle injuries. He just kind of looks old. And this is the NFL where you don't always see it coming. He's one of the greatest players of all time. He's one of my favorite players to watch. But he's looked his age a little bit. He's a 34-year-old guy with a lot of miles on his body who's starting to get banged up. His game is very predicated on athleticism, movement, speed, explosiveness and he just feels like a step slow this year Whew. so jd what do you have to say about uh john milkoff's um, assessment on the way travis kelsey has looked this year <laughs> i'll tell you what man when i when i first seen this uh I, I i'm always looking at people are trying to push travis kelsey into retirement or almost into an early grave that's what it seems like to me Okay, they they just trying to will him not to be as good as he is or effective as he is. Uh, but I got a lot to say about that. I, I really do. Uh, so Travis Kelsey, who has been the most prolific tight end uh, in the NFL in the past ten years, okay, um, has set every record. Just got eleven thousand yards faster than any other tight end uh, in the history of the game. And if somebody's sitting there saying that Travis Kelsey has lost a step, right, uh, then that's the step I want to lose, if that's, if that's what it is. Matter of fact, uh, any any tight end that's playing in the NFL and any tight end that's coming in right now, they want to be what Travis Kelsey is. And the reality is this. When I'm looking at his numbers, and I, and I checked his numbers out today because I'm like, wait a minute, what's what's going on? What is, what's all this talk and conversation that he's losing a step, he doesn't look the same, all those different – right? The whole narrative. This is the narrative that people are using to talk about Travis Kelsey. And so I looked at his production. Okay. Look at his stat line. All right. Now I wish I shared it with you. But the man right now has he has 70 receptions for 732 yards, absent 10.5 uh a game. Okay. Long 53 yards and five touchdowns. Okay. Five touchdowns. Travis Kelsey's already on pace to have over a thousand yards, probably on pace to having close to a hundred receptions this year. Uh, by all measures, he's probably right about maybe his fourth best season of his career. You know, somewhere around there. The 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 guy that everybody looks at that they paid the big money to, TJ Hawkinson. Okay, I'm looking at his stats, right? TJ Hawkinson, right? For what they've shown that he's done. See, I had it. Uh, and Travis has paid, played, I think, maybe two less games. He won than, than, than TJ. Uh, and, and TJ, from what I'm looking at right now, okay, he has uh, 80 receptions for 786 yards. So Travis playing less games, okay, uh, has almost the same amount of yards, okay, uh, averaging more yards per catch, okay, uh, has less targets than T.J. Hawkinson, and he's supposed to be the he's the highest paid tight end in the NFL. He's the highest paid. 
So this whole narrative that Travis Kelsey, look, we understand, okay, that Father Time is, he's undefeated. He is absolutely undefeated. But Travis Kelsey, and I think we need to put this in context. Let's, let's be honest here. Travis Kelsey, there was two games that he didn't have, you know, his regular Travis Kelsey games, right? The high volume of catches or the yards. But that was based off of what defenses particularly wanted to do against our offense and do against Travis Kelsey. And they were double and tripling Travis Kelsey. They were double and tripling him in the game. So if you want to say he slowed down, but yet based off of what they have been doing to him, it's just it's, it's ludicrous. It's not true. It's not true at all. I mean, he's still as dominant as he's he has been. So even if you sit there and say, yeah, he's 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 gotten slower or whatnot, well, he's had a lot on his shoulders, okay? Obviously, because of our wide receiver core hadn't been to the highest caliber like it, it, it usually is. This offense hasn't been. And so when he has so much on his shoulders, defense has said, Travis Kelsey will not beat us. We're going to have everybody else in wide receiver room. Everybody else got to beat us around him. Okay, we will double, triple team him in the game, beat him up when we need to do and make sure he he's not going to be the guy. Not to mention he, he he had a knee surge or knee, you know, a knee injury at the very beginning of the season that slowed him down too, coming into uh, into the into the season. So there's a lot of different things there that, that people talk about. Right. But I'm looking at his production. His production doesn't say he slowed down, Marcus. No. Nope. Matter of fact, he's still saying he's as dominant as ever. Yep. He's as dominant as ever. And I get, if you're sitting over here and you got to do everything because everybody else ain't right around you, okay, then that makes a lot of sense. It's going to look a little bit different, okay? Because now you're pressing to get the ball to him and teams are not going to let you do it. They're not. Miami wasn't going to do it and the Eagles weren't going to let him do it, okay? He had a couple of drops. Obviously, he had to fumble in the game with the Eagles, right? But yeah, slow down compared to what? Right? Slow down compared to what? It's my man right here, Hamburger man. I'm, I'm gonna see if he can come in and in, in, come into the the show. I gotta send him the link because it'd be good to talk to him about this the Travis Kelsey. Uh, but here's the thing, man. Like we we keep trying to put push Travis Kelsey as not being Travis Kelsey. We we are sitting over here talking about a guy. Like Batman. Batman might get a little older. He gets a little bit better as far as a little bit more clever what he's doing, but he's still Batman. Right? He's still Batman. So, yeah, if, if we call him losing a step, he still stepped above everybody else in the league and tight end in that position. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. So, they keep saying this, man. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Man's only been in the league 10 years. Okay? This, to be honest with you, 10 years, He's still in his heyday. Believe me, he's, he's still he's still doing his thing. All right, he, he's still as as uh, productive as ever. We see that. We see that in you know the catches. We see that in the targets, the receptions. We see all those different things. So I just, to me, man, it just it doesn't make any sense. You know, creating this narrative just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So we can say that. Hey, he's losing a step. Guess what? He's still killing defenses. He's still beating them over the head. And he's still the best tight end in the game, all right? Still a step slow. Call him if you want to. 
I don't care. Mr. Dragon's feet, Kelsey, if you want to, is still the best tight end in the game. And he's showing it. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, the numbers don't lie. I think um I think I mean you say the fire time, yeah, it is undefeated. It gets us all. Um no no one can escape it unless you're LeBron and he's still doing what he's doing at uh, at, at age 39. Um but like yeah, I mean I will say yes, can he can he not do or his spin moves and like, you know, his kind of yak ability is it as much as it was 2 or 3 years ago? No. No, not at all, but his numbers are still he's still producing and like we talked about on the show a couple weeks ago, even, even even a little bit of decline is still better than ninety nine percent of the league. I mean, like, and his numbers numbers don't lie. I mean, look look at his numbers. Look at and, his numbers. It, and this is considered a bad year for him. And, and look and look what he's doing compared to the uh, you mentioned T.J. Hawkinson, the highest paid tight end right now. Right, and then you know the two games where you you you're that, that you're that's what you're doing. Like you're game planning to take him out of the game. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Okay, you're making sure he's not going to be the one to beat you. It's got to be everybody else around you which is a great plan. That's what I would do. It's a great plan. But he's still got seven receptions, okay, lower targets, and he's right there in pace, still is a top tight end in everything he's doing in every category. So uh, I, I I don't know why people are saying it. You know, I think people have something to talk about. And, look, here's the thing. He'll be able to still play at a high pace, a high level this year. I get If you want to get some people around him next year, I get that. Okay, take a little bit off his plate. Sure, no doubt about it. Getting older, I think they kind of you know people were making a, a, a kind of a comparison to him and, and Gonzalez. Gonzalez played for seventeen years. Okay, and, and the thing is, Tony was still eating people up at you know ten or twelve years, eleven, thirteen. Did, didn't matter. Didn't matter. Guys that are, are, are good or who are great, they're gonna find a way. They're still gonna be who they are for a long time. For a long time. And so I think Travis still has it. I know he has it. I, I, I have no doubt whatsoever about that. Uh, but, hey, man, you know, him coming with the injury in the game in, in the first of the season, that's what you may be seeing. You may see a little bit of that. Yeah, you'll see a little bit of the hits because it's year 10 for him. I get that part of it. But he still could be a capable tight end. He's still as dangerous as ever. He's still as dangerous as ever. So, you know, hey man, they they can deal with that all they want to. They can say whatever they want to say about it. If that was, if that's what looks like losing a step, give me that step to lose. Let me be that guy to lose that step. Every other th- NFL tight end would want that step to lose and may still look like Travis Kelsey. Okay, yeah. period. Yeah, and also too, like you kind of mentioned it, he's being the, the defensive game plans are doubling him, but also too, like, and I think our guy uh, Micah said something here um, that I, I I kind of agree with here. Um, where is it here? Uh, oh my gosh, sorry. Um, Travis Kelsey is still setting records to this narrative about him being, um, yeah, about him being, uh, is a bit of an exaggeration problem as Kelsey cannot carry all the load. And not only is he getting doubled, he's also had to be the main guy in a whole room full of young rookies who are still, or not rookies, but you know, young guys who are still trying to get the, still trying to get the hang of things. It's kind of a, it's kind of impossible. Um, I mean, not impossible, but it's kind of a tough task for, for a guy in his, uh, uh, you know, going on 34 now. And, and here's the thing, what I see, and, and it's a huge task. But now what you're starting to see, the ascension of Rasheed Rice, okay, starting to come out, which will take a little bit off Kelsey, maybe getting double teamed, because now Rasheed Rice becomes a much more capable receiver, a much more dangerous part of our offense, okay, which will, in hand, 
have more opportunities for Kelsey to catch more footballs. All right. Because that's what you was really looking for. You're just looking for one wide receiver to step up or two. It kind of takes that pressure off of him. That's that's what and that what that's what will happen. And so it's at the right time. Rasheed Rice is coming up when you supposedly Travis Kelsey is coming down. You know, is he coming down? I don't think so. Not at all. It's crazy. So, so we had, we had a question from our guy. Um, I think it's uh, our guy Matthew uh, Embergy. Uh, slow down compared to what uh, the competition of the, or the or the years of the past years. And he's uh, coming on the show right now to uh, ask that question to you, JD. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's up, fellas? Bird, uh, my brother. What's going on, man? How much, man? Just enjoying the just enjoying the show, man. Y'all do a, a hell of a job. I, I really dig it. <laughs> appreciate um, it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But you know, yeah, take- go ahead. No, I was gonna say, man. I, hey, man. Any any uh, encouragement, man? All, all the blessings we get from you, man, is always welcome, brother. This is this is my guy, Matthew Amberger, man. We actually coached together at Kentucky State University. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. this this is my dude right here, man. Love Berger to death. And awesome. When you talk about a brilliant guy, I said this is one of the future uh, coaches in the game, head coaches. And so, let's go. Uh, go ahead, Berg. Go ahead, my brother. I just wanted to add to the Travis Kelsey thing because it's something that I think of all the time. Um, it's like the LeBron thing to you compare. You're good for so long, people turn you into an enemy or or to the villain um, because the expectation for Travis Kelsey is so high. And to be quite frank with you, Kansas City is used to throwing the ball downfield at a high rate. Yeah. They don't have that this year. As a, as at, at a consistent level. So these comments about Travis Kelsey this, Travis Kelsey that, I want to say it's just all media-based. And I mean by the Taylor Swift stuff, it's like there's so much stuff going on away from football that people are not realizing how magnificent this brother is. Yeah. And and the fact that we're talking about him and, and his numbers, let's don't forget He's a tight end. He's not an X. He's not a Z. He's not a slot. He's a tight end. All he has to do is manipulate space, baby. He don't right. have to run everybody. We don't expect him to outrun everybody. Right, so right. Those people saying those types of things, it just blows my mind and shows the disconnect with the pro game. Because if it was a college game, it'd be a little different. You want a guy that can get up there and run away from people at a, at a high rate like the Bowers kid? Mm-hmm. He's the next one in line if you think about it coming out. And the kid for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, the Washington guy. Yeah. So those those are going to be those guys that are similar to, like, the Travis Kelseys, the George Kittles, and so forth and so forth. So mm-hmm. that's just what I wanted to add because I thought the, the topic was phenomenal. But, yeah, like, these people comparing his stats, like, to what? To, to what? what are you doing? Like, who? who? Like you just said, the highest paid tight end in the game has 10 – 10 more catches in two more games. Two more what games. That's huge in the NFL. How many plays you get in the NFL game, J.D.? 60? 60. You're looking at 60, maybe 65 if you're doing well, right? Right. So these 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 numbers we're speaking of are still astronomical for the tight end position. He's going to have over 1,000 yards. He's going to have damn near 100 catches. Like, you don't see that every day. I mean, you saw that, what, by Gronk a couple years ago? Like, you know, and we're talking about Gronk arguably being up there with Tony Gonzalez and you, you know, right, and, and right. stuff. so, you know, this is, this is something I could get into so and have these conversations, guys. This is- <laughs> know, 
Hey, look, I, I, look, hey, Berg, I, I look at it, man. It's just, to me, it's just silly talk. It, it really is. It's just a topic for people to, to bring up. And I said, man, look, they are, it really seems like they're just trying to push them into retirement, right? Because they brought that, that, they brought that uh, uh, subject up to uh, Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick looked at the reporter like he was crazy. He's like, look, I'll be the first one to know if he's thinking about retirement. But he hadn't slowed down at all. And he was saying, man, he's still as dominant as ever. And he, and he, and he is. It's true. Right. If you watch football and know football, you 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 get you understand. Yes, sir. A, a, a weekend warrior, you know what I'm saying? A, a fantasy guy. That's what they really predicate the stuff off of is their fantasy points. He needs to retire because he didn't have 54 fantasy points or something. <laughs> well, this this guy, well, the guy that came on it and made that that the statement was he's an ex-scout, NFL scout. Okay. okay. And so even these, like you said, compared to what? So he's the highest of the game. You're comparing him to his own game, and he's still setting records. Like, what do you, you know? So if he's doing, even if he's losing a step, right? Let's just say, I believe it. Let's say, let's say, let's say it's true. Okay, what difference does it make? He is still dominant. He's still the best. Like he's he's still killing defenses out here. So what's the point you, that you're making? You know what I mean? Like the top of his game in the prime of his game in year ten. Yeah, like my it. man right here said, the LeBron James deal. You you you've said enough good about LeBron for these past twenty years. All you can he. All right, I'll just leave it like this. LeBron ain't the MVP every year, even though his stats say he should be, because mm -hmm. it got old. Yep. Right. Right. That's <laughs> so true. That's what it is. Bottom so, line. And that's how I compare Travis Kelsey. And I ain't gonna try to hijack the show, man. I just. Appreciate y'all letting me get on here, man. I have a lot of fun. I love football. Like I said, like, yeah, J.D. gave me a great compliment. It means the world to me. I will be a future head coach one day, and, and yes. hopefully y'all bring me on, and uh, we'll have a, you know, a cocktail or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, man, when you, when you get to the NFL, man, I'll be asking you questions. Hey, man, coach, man, what do you think? Give me give me your assessment of all those things. Give I would definitely give you training because you know I have a filter that needs a little – needs a <laughs> <needs> break. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. Hey, you hey, you right on board, man. You you right on par with everybody else, believe me. Yeah. Believe me. But I know your heart's hey, look, one thing nobody can question is your work ethic, your heart, and how much you care about guys and the players. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the compliment that Al Saunders gave me. He said, Jason, we need guys like you and coaches like you in the NFL. And because we know that you care about guys. Guys yeah. know you care, they will run through a brick wall for you. And I know guys do it right now for you, man, at your university, brother. You just keep those things up. Well, I love you. I'll love be you. in Lexington tomorrow night about 5 o'clock. We're going to grab dinner. Yes, sir. Sounds good, baby. All right? I appreciate y'all, man. Have a great night. God bless you, man. Chief concern. Yes, sir. My bro. Peace. Have a good one, Coach. I agree with everything he said there when it came to uh, Travis Kelsey and everything on, uh, on, on that subject. I mean, it's one thing, like, you talk about comparing – they're comparing him to the years past because Kelsey is kind of a unicorn in the way we haven't really seen a tight end play like that before, you know? So man, not to say he's lost a step, but like they're comparing him to what he was two years ago. And I mean, you talk about the yak ability. Yeah. Like defenses are playing him a little differently, more aggressively as far as like doubling him and stuff. But like, yeah, maybe he has his, his yak ability, uh, you know, maybe gone down a little bit. Sure. But he's still, he's still that much better than the next guy in the league right now. So like, if we're, comparing, if we're comparing Kelsey from year 10 to year 7 or year 8, that's, I mean, it's ridiculous. No one should be comparing a guy uh, uh, the year 10 to year 7. 
do that. Do that with you can do that with Julio and a, 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 a bunch of people. Yeah, is Julio what he was five years ago? No, he's not. That's why yeah. the Eagles just picked him up two weeks ago. But like, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. And, and I, and I guess what he, what he, what Coach Burke said there, which, which was great, is the fact that they're looking for something to talk about. Yes, they've already said the all these great things about Kelsey. The next thing is when's he going to fall off the cliff? Kind of the same conversation everybody had about Brady every year. When's he going to fall off the cliff? Is it this year? Is it this year? They kept doing it. They kept doing it. And, yeah. And he's still dominating. So yeah. look, he, he's having 10 point yards, 10.5 yards a catch. He was averaging 12.2 uh, the year before. The year before that, 12.2. The year before that, 13.5. So to me, if he's averaging 10.5 at the end of, year, end, end of the year, we have no idea what it's going to be. Yeah. We have no idea. I know he just had a longer. 53 yards. He's got five touchdowns. So he's still on pace, probably maybe having his best outing as far as touchdowns in a season. Yeah. You know, come on, man. We still thinking about, we got seven more games left, right? This, I mean, this is where we are. So, you know, this, this to me, oh, shoot, not even seven. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Playoffs in the Super Bowl. So we're thinking about, you know, potentially, hey, you know, maybe 10. Yeah. You know, that's what it's going to be looking like. But, Man, look, the uh to me, all this stuff, man, is just crazy to me. Just to just to listen to it and guys bring up a point. I've been like, okay, what's your point? Uh he's still dominating, he's still the best tight end in the game. So if you're sitting there saying he's lost a step, uh it hadn't affected the Chiefs whatsoever. Yeah. It hadn't made him less of, of of a good team or him less of a tight end, a good tight end. It hasn't. So yeah, and also too, just, just wait till um Obviously, with these guys, these young guys, you know, get more mature as far as their growth in the offense. Wait till you can't double him because Rasheed Rice is going to be going going for 100, 100 plus yards. Wait till potentially they bring in another uh, kind of a veteran receiver who's you know who's a proven guy in the offseason. Just wait till you do that because then at that point you can't double him anymore. And then let's talk about if he's lost a step or not. And then let's get let's get back to that. Because like right now, yeah, sure, teams can double him and, and be more aggressive with him because you know, we have a lot of unproven guys out there who haven't really pr- shown anything yet. Um, Rishi Rice is getting uh, kind, of, is kind of starting to show that a little bit. So now I'm I'm curious to see how defense is going to start playing him with Rasheed Rice going off. So yeah, just just wait. I mean, yeah, they, and also too, JD, you kind of mentioned the whole Taylor Swift stuff, the off the field stuff. It's also one of those things too. Travis Kelsey's very good clickbait name. He's got a, the successful podcast. You say his name, everyone's yeah. gonna be all over that. The Travis Kelsey, the, the Swift stuff. That's bringing more. That's it. It's broadening your demographic a little bit. You're getting more. You're getting more people tuning in. You say one thing about Kelsey. You got the same people who listen to it, but then also a lot, a lot of newbies who are listening to Travis Kelsey stuff. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very good clickbait type name to talk about right now, and especially in a negative uh, light. Oh, of course. But like you said, like LeBron, man, you're gonna get you're gonna get the negativity, you're gonna get the haters, right? You're gonna get the opposition because you're good. Okay. So hey man, if if if, if they're bringing you up uh because they're worried about you and you doing been doing something great, hey, keep the hate coming. Keep it coming, right? Yeah. Uh so did, uh, did you see the um I saw a story on oh, it's just kind of in regards to Travis Kelsey, uh the singer slash actor, um, machine gun Kelly. Uh, was also a Cleveland native. Um, he also said he said um, he would give Travis Kelsey a half a million dollars to uh, to leave the. Um, I think it was a half a million, half a million dollars to leave the Kansas City Chiefs to go to the Cleveland Browns to come back home. <laughs> half a million dollars. Hey, I didn't know Machine Gun Kelly. You're going to do better than that, buddy. I think it was half a million. I, I, I let me look. Let me look at the numbers here on that no one. Way. 
Ain't no way. Mm -mm. Half a million dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, half a million dollars for Travis Kelsey if he uh, leaves the Kansas City Chiefs to play for the Cleveland Browns instead. Hey, man, look, he, he he's a chief. Uh, this is his home. Uh, he loves Kansas City. He could always fly to Cleveland. Uh, so, hey, man, Machine Gun Kelly, it ain't going to happen. Not now. Uh, hopefully not ever. Uh, but if he does, uh, let it do when he's, you know, he's good and done with the game. Yeah, let it when he wants to do like a one-day contract where he, uh, he puts on a brown jersey for for, for one-day little si uh, deal. And, and, look, to be honest with you, I don't even know if he would want to even entertain something like that. I think he, you know, deal, look, you want to go to a place that you legitimately have a shot to win a Super Bowl. Legitimately. So why would you want to go to Cleveland? Yeah. <laughs> I th and I think um, this is an interesting one. Um, it was Colin Cowardy, the guy, um, what's his name? Middlecoff uh, went on his podcast. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. One, of, one of Coward's biggest like um, things in regards to Travis Kelsey, because he was, he was kind of defending the fact that Travis Kelsey, you know, everyone knocks him for not being the highest paid tight end. And it's like he values other things. He values winning. And also like the opportunities he has, has gotten as far as the State Farm commercials, all these other things he's doing, the popularity that he has. If he was on any other team that did not have Patrick Mahomes, did not have Andy Reid's creative playbook, like he probably wouldn't be getting these opportunities, direct TV commercials. He probably wouldn't be as in your face if he was on the Browns, say the Browns or you know, another team, you know? Yeah. I can't, I can't think of another tight end other than George Kittle that's getting, you know, that type of national media. Hawkinson isn't. Nah, no, nah, he's not. He's not. So. Yeah. Plus, they don't have his personality. Travis got to just his personality and who he is. You know, is, is something that people covet. You know, shows covet. I mean, it, it was on Dayton Kelsey, right? It was like the fifty. I've never look. I've never seen the show. I've I've never seen it, uh, but I heard about it. But yeah, man. To to me, hey man, he's a marketable guy. You know, like I said, everything about him, his character, personality. You know, it's one of those things that people uh, gravitate to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think is it another active player who did a dating show besides Kelsey. The only one, other one I can think of is uh, Jesse Palmer. Remember he did Bachelor? Yeah, I think he was one of the first seasons of The Bachelor. Yeah, but he, yeah. But he also wasn't playing though. He was like you know third string, you know, kind of. Yeah, it was keeping the depth chart guy. I'm trying to think. Did Jason Seahorn do one too? I don't know. You know, I'm you know. But yeah, I, I don't do. I, I just remember as a kid. I remember, oh, that's like the third string quarterback for the Giants. He's on the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, you know, never watched some shows, man. Hey, have at it. Have, have at it. People, yeah, people love them, man. Yeah, I, I have some. I have some. Of my not, you know, not to make this a, a male or female thing. I have some. I do friends who are like, oh yeah, I'm watching The Bachelor, and I'm like, what? You watch that Bachelor? Oh, well, my girlfriend got me to watch, it and I, we, you know, and she got me hooked on it. Now, like, what? Come on, man. <laughs> No man, you know people like things for different reasons. Hey, yeah. you know they, they, some some like the cheesiest one, and I think they have like the uh, a, a, the Golden Bachelor now. So it's like a, it's like a seventy year old dude who's trying to find his like next uh, love or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I well, so I was at my mom's house and it came on, and I'm sitting over here, and I'm like, well, you were they, you were hooked. Yeah, well, now they cover the bases, you know. It, it was it was actually it was. What was interesting was the stories behind the women who, uh, you know, had gone through divorce or widowed or whatever it may be. Uh, yeah, Jason Seahorn is married to Angie Harmon. Okay. 
but that 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 was this that was the story. And so I thought it was, you know, kind of uh it was cool to see, you know, the older women at that age, you know, the things that they were looking for in the, in the relationship and while they were, you know, coming in for the love of their life or wanting to, you know, have this this moment uh, with this guy. So yeah. that was pretty, that was cool. I, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of dig this, yeah. you know? They, they yeah. got some for everybody now. Yeah, but you, hey, I tell you what though, what the funny thing is. <laughs> so, you know, he's like a seven year old guy. That Joker was overwhelmed, overwhelmed. <laughs> yes, listen, okay, and I'm telling you, uh, when you see The Bachelor when they was, you know, younger, Guys, you know, guys are you know really uh, rambunctious, confident, arrogant, all those different things, right? And then you see a guy who's in, who's older, like in his sixty, seventy. He's like, oh my gosh, like the personalities, like you know, women age gracefully, okay, like into themselves and the depths of who they are. Yeah, he he understood, like man, I, I don't know what to do with this. He, he, <laughs> he knew he knew his hands was full. It was the answer for it. Just perspective, this perspective there that you see, yeah, of a of a just a well-rounded uh, woman comes in and knows everything that she wants. I'm not saying the women don't know when they when they're young and stuff like that, but it, it's 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 a whole different perspective. That's what, that's why I say it. I'll say it that way. Yeah, when you're, when you're that age, I feel like male or female. I, I feel like you're you're kind of you kind of know what you want. You know what you're looking for at that point. You kind of have your you have your type. You have the kind of person you want at that point. I, mean, I feel like I, I don't know. I don't know when I'm seventy if I'm gonna know what I want. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, you know, he, he when, when Lates was coming in, man, I could just tell on his face, boy, he was like, "This is a whole whole lot." This is too much lot. for me. <laughs> too much. It was too much. Um. All right, so we're going to go to our uh, our final topic here. We have uh, game picks. So, obviously, uh, Mahomes will be making way to Lambeau Field, uh, the historic Lambeau Field. Um, it'll be the second time Mahomes will be going up against Jordan Love. Last time, yeah, Rodgers had the whole uh, COVID thing was the last time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, so Chiefs are a six-point favorite at Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football on NBC. So, that'll be, that'll be fun. They'll be uh, – a nice little primetime game for us. So it'll be a late night uh, post-game show. Um, but, uh, J.D., who do you have in this one, and what is your score prediction? Total points for this game is 42 points is what Vegas has, the total points for this game. 42 points, really? Pretty low. Uh, you know what, man? Look, Green, Green Bay, a, a, they're a good team. Uh, Jordan Love has been playing a lot better than what he has. As a matter of fact, at the, uh, at the beginning – he was he was being very dominant. They were winning a lot of different games, and and I know this because I had him up on my fantasy, and he was killing it for me. And then all of a sudden, uh, what ended up happening is they started losing some games, and I think defenses started getting a little bit more clever as far as how they were disguising the defense against him. Uh, not to mention also too, uh, you know, he didn't have Christian Watson. Christian Watson is back for him as a target. Uh, uh, Romeo Dobbs, you know, is a guy that I liked. I wanted to get him in the draft. I wanted to be a chief. Uh, but you know he gives them a lot. Uh, not to mention, uh, we know you got uh, uh, Dylan is another guy that is going to be able to do some things. Jones, uh, I think J- Jones is playing right. He's not on the injury reserve or anything, right? Uh, I mean, he's got a questionable tag every week, but I, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think he's playing. Okay, uh, but they, we we know they have a, a, a good offense, uh, and so 
Uh, that's the thing about it. They don't have Musgrave the tight end, so that that's gonna that's gonna affect them somewhat. Uh, but I think it's gonna be a good game. They got a good defense as well. They got a very good defense, so that's gonna be a good challenge against our, especially our, our up and coming wide receiver group who's still, you know, progressing to get better. Uh, hopefully, we're building off what we did last week. Okay, out there in Las Vegas, go ahead and and put another 30, 30 points on somebody. Okay, especially these Packers. And the thing is, man, look, it, it's that atmosphere up in Lambeau is electric. That is tr the tradition of the place. Oh man, I didn't see. I didn't see nothing like it. I remember playing up. I've been up there twice, played up there twice or three times. But each time, it, it was always like uh, you're kind of in all of it. You really are. Uh, just the cheese heads, everybody on the outside when you get into the town, and you know you're getting out there, man. There's some very good fans. Uh, but I, I do believe that that you know we we got a call for the victory. I think Spags going to do a whole lot. They got a young wide receiver core, and it's going to be a great challenge to our, our our corners. Very good challenge to our corners. We bottle everything up. Uh, Bolton, we don't know how many plays he's going to get, you know. But I seen him practicing out there today, which is very encouraging to see him out there. Uh, hopefully, we'll he'll get a little some reps, uh, you know, to help stop the run game. Uh, but as far as I see it right now, Marcus. Uh, I'm looking, uh, if we're doing everything that we did, uh, last week, I see us probably going, uh, 35 to 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I do. I will say they've started to come on as of late. They actually started, I mean, you saw them on Thanksgiving. They, they, they surprised, they shocked the entire world with it, with it, yeah. they beat against Detroit. Right. Uh, they didn't let Detroit do much of anything really in that game. Now, but I, I and it, my thing is this: uh, you got a much better uh, uh, quality quarterback, okay, uh, than golf, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, better uh, tight end, okay. Travis Kelsey, I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to have to be the guy to run. But if we get into that rhythm like we did last week, I think we're going to be fine. I think we will be fine. Um, uh, St. Brown, like he, you know, he, he, I got him on fantasy too. So I'm, I'm just talking about guys on my fantasy that I'm just watching. Uh, <laughs> and so he was, he, he was coming out, he was making some good catches, man. He, you know, he had a good game against him. He's special. Oh, man. Incredible. Incredible. He's, so, he's another guy I wanted us to get, uh, in, in the draft. There's, we, we, there's been a lot of mid round guys or after, after first round guys that like have, like, have lasted. For whatever reason, I, I think the, the the knock on him was though he's he's only gonna be a slot receiver, can't play on the outside. It's like okay, well, that how, really how's that a knock? <laughs> right, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the smaller guys, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, uh, he is. He, he's a special guy, no doubt about it. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's gonna be a high scoring game. I do. Uh, you know, so night game thirty five to seventeen. Okay. So I have something very similar, JD. Uh, I think the I think the spread, uh, the, the total points, is kind of the shocking part here at forty-two. Yeah, everyone always thinks it's going to be a high-scoring game when when the Chiefs are playing, and so I think Vegas is going to kind of want everyone to go over for this. I think it's going to go under. However, I think the Chiefs dominate, and we get an offensive explosion, and we win thirty-four to seven. Thirty-four. Yeah. Thirty-four seven. seven. Yep. Woo. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be finally we we get to see the offense and defense finally they both 
perfect storm. Both team, both sides of the ball are clicking, and we get thirty-four. We get thirty-four points. Have four touchdowns, two field goals, and we hold them to one touchdown. Maybe, maybe, maybe an opening drive touchdown or something in the first quarter, and then our defense kind of like you know does their thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey man, hey, I, 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 I'm I'm waiting on defense, like you said. I think because they gave up, you know, just the the points, you know, running the football. I think they they're gonna be adamant, man, to shut these guys down. And Jordan Love, I was taking some other guys today, and I'm just like, what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring pressure. We're gonna bring pressure on him, disrupt him. And once you get him disrupted, that's gonna be the thing about it. Uh, but he's got some poise, man. Uh, he's a good quarterback, but like he said, man, he got Christian Watson back, but so he's going to throw the ball up to him. Yep, and Dobbs too. So uh, they have they have some they have some good young receivers there. J- Jaden Reed from Michigan State, the rookie. Reed, yes, Reed. I forgot about Reed. Reed also. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, they got some guys, no doubt about it. Yeah, talk about a team that has a lot of young weapons. That that's a team right there. And I'll tell you what, that receiver, that receivers coach. It's done pretty well with those guys because all, all those guys have contributed in, in in ways that maybe some of our young guys haven't. And so I I, I do I, I do want to praise the uh, you know everyone's been dogging a lot of receiver coaches around the league, but the Green Bay's receiver coach man t- to lose Devontae Adams and then to have Dobbs, Watson, Reed, and there's a few other guys like like I think the guys like his name's Mix I think or Nix. That yeah. guy's also stepped up too. They have had a lot of guys who stepped up on, on from wide receivers in, in Green Bay. So yeah, kudos to that wide receiver coach whoever that is. Yeah, but and we knew the guys that they they got like like Watson, uh, uh, Reed, and and Dobbs. Uh, the things they were doing in college to me kind of just it, it jumped off the screen. Yeah, it really did. And so I knew they were going to be good. I knew they were going to be good because we we had talked about getting Christian Watson here as uh, as a wide receiver, right? That was that was the thing. It was between him and Pickens, and you know, Gascon. So. Yeah, I, I think I, after all, I mean, you you obviously do see this stuff, but I will say, I think you're like a wide receiver guru, a whisperer over here. You got Tank Dell. That that call, obviously, he looked great in college. You know, you know, played Houston stuff, the AAC. But like the fact you like, nah, that that that's a guy who's going to do well in the NFL, and he's just tearing it up. Tearing so it like, up. It, it was was fit on mode. What would you need to do offensively? He was going to be that guy. I said, man, we got to go get Tank Dell. But it's yeah. all right. Yeah, Houston's got a special one. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that does it for us. We hope everybody enjoyed the episode. I also I do want to say um, for all the new subscribers we've got, we've got an influx of a lot of new subscribers recently. Um, JD and I will be launching uh, from December to the end of the month. Uh, I'm going to try to get the, the goods sent out to you guys maybe by the first first week of January. We're doing a uh, 5K giveaway. So we, we're about 400 subscribers away from getting to 5,000 subscribers. Hopefully trying to get that by the end of 2023 um, in, in, in doing that uh, for all uh, we're going to do giveaways on Twitter. If you guys retweet and then subscribe and uh, screenshot that you're a subscriber to the account, we'll be randomly selecting a bunch of goodies. Uh, Corey, the artist has given us some stuff. Um, we have a, a ball, the commemorative uh, Super Bowl ball um, that we'll be sending out to everybody. So yeah, a 5k giveaway. We'll be giving it out to you guys all throughout the month of December. Um, but yeah, so uh, everyone get in your subscriber uh, subscriptions and also uh, retweet the post on Twitter. I'll be posting that up um, within the next two days. So, Maybe some, uh, these, some nice little hats and stuff like this too, man. We have some other stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, again, uh, giving a shout out to everybody who's uh, been on the stream with us. 
Uh, we, we, I think we we like doing these live stream for our episodes now. We, we, we love it. We, we love it. We love it. We love engaging with people. And I appreciate Amberger for coming on. Everybody else, look, we'll, we'll send it the, the on Twitter. We'll send it out. Y'all hit us up with a DM. Love to bring you on the show. Have a five-minute conversation. Y'all give your word. Come say hi. We love that. We love just engaging. I thought that was something that would be kind of neat. I know it was kind of on the fly to kind of do it the last minute. But uh, the next time we do something live, I, I think it'll be a good idea. What do you think, Marcus? Oh, for sure, yeah. I, I, think, I think every every uh, live episode for our midweek show, I think, yeah, we at least get a, a couple of you guys on to ask some questions and uh, contribute to the, the conversation. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But all right, everybody. We hope everybody enjoyed the episode. For all our listeners out there, um, see you guys on Sunday. Or actually, we got Friday betting show. We're back on the betting show. We didn't do it last Friday. Uh, Friday we got bet. betting show Friday. And then, of course, Sunday directly after the game. Um, we'll, remains to be seen if it's going to be on our channel or on, on uh, Bleacher Report. But uh, we'll let you guys know when uh, on Friday. We should have more clarity on that. But all right, everybody. Have a good Take night. Care. Love you, JD. Love you too, brother. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.